We can get burgos. Yeah, I want burgos. Yum yum burgos. <laughs> yum yum burgos. Are we going to yum yum burgos? We're going to burger town, baby. Yum. Ooh, what they gonna eat? What they gonna eat? What, what they, they gonna, gonna eat, eat at they... Burger Town? Burgers, burgers. That's what they're gonna eat. That's what they're gonna eat at Burger Town. Burgers, burgers. burgers. Hey, when will it end? Twenty twenty. Well, it was last week too. Oh shit! Uh, welcome to When Will It End? It's a movie Remember podcast. Yeah, uh, we, uh, who, we sang that. Whole that was so song. long ago. Wow. Who remembers that record? By. I don't. That was ages ago. Ages, ages I say. Yeah, the way yeah. we do it. Um, it's the Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm Josh. I'm Charles. We're back another uh, new series of When Will It End, the movie podcast where we watch a whole dang old series. We're excited about this. We're excited about this. Because we're, we're, we got yeah. a new, I haven't seen any of these. Right. And the new one's coming out, and it's been, what, 24 years? The first film we're watching in this series, which is, of course, Bad Boys. Bad Boys. The first one came out in 1995. Yeah. Which I will say, while watching it, I turned to you with... The, the sort of angelic stupidity you've come to know and love about me. And I said, mm. I think it came out 2001. And I'm like, are you sure? And I Googled it on my phone because, again. You love your phone. Let me get this up front. And I want this out in public. I'm a millennial. I love my device. Suck it, boomer. Is that what people are saying these days? Okay, boomer. But by the time this comes out, we'll surely move on to some something else. Suck it, boomer. Suck it, boomer. All right. In are the, we making in, this happen? In the space between this episode record, we have to make suck it, now, boomer happen. We are going to push suck it, boomer. All right. Into I, the blogosphere. Into the. If you're going to the blogosphere, yeah, we're dude, definitely fucked. That's where you start. It, we have WordPress sites. Work our way down. That's where all the there. boomers are. It's true. Oh wait, boomers we don't want. There. Do we want boomers to say suck it, boomers? No, no. We want them to be the target of that. So we want to like bait them in places where they are, like like you know. I told you that sad story. The comment about, section on the New York Times article. I actually talked to a boomer the other day. You did, yeah. It was really weird, and he like came up to me and said, "How do you feel being left to the planet that's destroyed by us?" And I was like, uh, "I mean, not great, man. I'm aware of everything that you did wrong." And he's like, "What can I do?" And I just told him to kill himself. Wow. He didn't do it. See, Bernie that's, bros like you, you don't want to meet in the middle and shake hands with your enemy and no, be bipartisan. of course not. Why not make deals with the people? They're good if we just go to the center and make a nicer thing. Like, it's the uh, same, but nicer. Right. Like, everything's it's basically, we keep everything the way it is, but it's nice and decent. Because we agree. Donald Trump robbed Boo. us of our innocence. Boo. This country was a little babe in the candy shop. Oh, a lolly. A lolly for me, said America. I want a lolly. And here came Everyone gets fat a old Donald Trump. <laughs> Ugh, I'm orange. Give me your lolly. Yeah. This pussy grabs back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, bad boys, was, bad, bad boys. boys. Um, so do? I looked at my phone, my device, and said, no, it came out in 1995. This movie rules. It has a freshness to it yeah. that I found astonishing. Yeah. Where, again, this movie came out, was, it was Point Break 91. I don't know. I believe it's 91. Yeah, it sounds about right. And this feels like a mass... A mo- okay, we are hardcore Point Break fans. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, maybe my top 10 go-to films. Yeah, the one of the best movies ever made. I truly love it. This movie is that movie jacked up with this insanity and a blend of sitcom-style story construction yeah. with that high-octane action that is a whole new animal. Can I, can I disagree with you, sort of? Okay. Um, actually, I want to talk about something in a second. Yeah, Joey Pants. We'll get to him. I think they're doing very different things. And I think on one hand, yes, they're like, it's like amped up visually. It's similar in some ways. But as you said, this is like a fucking sitcom. Yeah. Where Point Frank is like a fucking look into the mind of people that want to be something else. Right. So like they're very different things. But I guess you could say that there is, it's like, a visual evolution. Right. And something we talk a lot about in this movie is it vacillates from two extremes. One being, we talk a lot about how the beginning of, of a franchise is often, we, they make a, a, it's a canvas sandboxy kind of movie. Yeah. Where we're just sort of like, here's here are the rules. We're going to just sort of watch people live in this world. We often go back to the movie that started off the whole podcast, a little movie called Shrek. Ever heard of it? Yeah. Orange, uh, Green Ogre. <laughs> Not Orange Ogre, that's Trump. I'm an ogre. Give me my belly. Ogres are onions. Good movie. What happened in that? There's a dog dang. He says, uh, he says, um, better out than in, I always say. <laughs> Fart. Hey, uh, you know Burp. what? Uh, sometimes when Shrek does that, I'm like, where are we? Uh, Donald Trump's White House? <laughs> <laughs> He's fat uh, man. He's orange. He wants to build the wall. Uh, he eat burger. Um, so, yeah. So in this movie, we 
spend it's a two hour movie. I think we spend an hour and forty five minutes watching Martin Lawrence and Will Smith just hang out. Yeah, and it and that fucking is why rules. That's why it works. It's so good because it's they really, are both. Their chemistry perfect. is ninety percent of the movie. Ten percent is them doing stuff. I gotta say, yeah, their chemistry is much better than the chemistry to make that heroin. Yes, that Kevin Corrigan's heroin. That was a that was a bad joke. It wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. Like I just said, good. <laughs> it wasn't good either. Good. Um, but yeah, that was a bad one. I might cut that out. No, leave it in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fine. You can. I would say me. also slow it down, stretch it out. Yeah. <laughs> that would make it better. I'm gonna say it again now. I guess you just did it for me. Never mind. I was just gonna do it. I think we covered that ground. Well, I mean, I was okay. Let's do, do it, it again. Let's do it again. Okay. I was gonna do and it post. In the movie, Bad Boys, nineteen ninety-five, director Michael Bay. All right. Um. Yeah. So the movie goes between like the sheer joy of two men who seem like actually friends being friends mm-hmm. and what's delightful about bad boys is that you hear the title you're like okay is this going to be like fascistic cop worship and like a cultural pornography around you know mm. a couple cops doing whatever it takes to get the job done yeah and i'm certain at some level that is a fair assessment of the movie i think the broader strokes of it a lot of people probably walked away being like well those cops sure were cool I guess but, so. But, but I don't the know if that's what the movie, movie is really doing. They're not that good at being cops. No, they're terrible at it. They're pretty bad at it. They want to be bad boys, but they're not. Yeah. Martin Lawrence is married. His wife is like, you're not fucking me. You're too, you work too much. You're fucking annoying. You're Martin Lawrence. You're so neurotic. <laughs> like, I don't want to fuck you. Yeah. He's like, I just want to fuck. And she's like, I don't want to have sex with you. And he's like, cool about it. In the sense that like this movie, again, for the mid 90s. This movie certainly has a lot of male gaze, and it certainly has a lot of, I think, inherent sexism and misogyny. But like, shockingly, it doesn't play into the any of the worst versions of this no. movie. For given the 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 fact that there's, it's a really rich, diverse cast. Given the fact that it's like set in Miami and people are like killed by, like in horrible ways, the tone is weirdly wholesome. Yeah. No, it's it's like basically, it's a it's a friendship. We just left Harold and Kumar. We're into bad boys and. It was like, is this just a continuation? Is this a remake? Like, it actually felt very similar in a lot of ways about two people that get in get into beefs with each other, but at the end of the day, they're friends and they learn from each other. So, like, I had no idea about the whole swapping bodies story. Like, most of this plot is they don't not swap, swap bodies. bodies. They swap persona. Yeah. T. Leone sees Will Smith's friend uh, Max get shot up in the midst of this elaborate drug heist that sees all this heroin stolen out of Miami police headquarters. Mm-hmm. And so the movie becomes about protecting this witness while solving who stole the heroin. But mostly it's about uh, what it's like if everyone sort of hung out and was funny. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It is great. Yeah. I forgot what I was saying. Fuck. You didn't realize that there's an identity swap in the movie where Marcus, Martin Lawrence, who is this neurotic family man who's, you know, a working class guy trying to make ends meet and yeah. do his job and be a good father. And Mike Lowry, who, interestingly, I didn't really realize that Will Smith is basically second build in this movie. Well, he's like 12th build because they decided to do billing by order of appearance. Well, I mean, like, he's not the main character. Which no. I, I guess in my head, I'm like, it's Will Smith in the mid 90s. And he is a gorgeous, funny charming his charm and charisma at this point in his life is so like radioactive it, yeah. it just like it would make your face melt he's a charisma chernobyl god damn it that's dangerous. i'm jared harris being like we must clean up the chernobyl and it's you're talking about will, will smith's face but it's his charisma it's charisma yeah he's so attractive and cool and funny and charming in this that's the main the main message is that martin lawrence should just be more like will smith Right, and so the movie is you have like the, the homebody uh, sort of you know can't get laid from his wife Martin Lawrence, who all of a sudden to comfort the fears of Tia Leone must pretend to be cool, slick, cool Mike Lowry, who women are are showing up at his door in lingerie, just to smack that that sweet sweet Mike Lowry ass. Mwah. Which, by the way, it's so cool when it's it's like a Tom Cruise and Fallout, where someone is so thoroughly their own archetype that to see them just be adored and and 
to see Will Smith in the mid '90s just be this character who's cool and sexy and and admirable, and and he just it's it's the perfect matchup. It doesn't feel like The Rock nowadays just dunking on people because like I'm The Rock, fuck you. Like it feels like yes, Will Smith deserves this. I'm yeah. here to watch him just be a fucking king. Yeah, yeah. So he's great. Like this was really the start of his career too. Well, like, I mean, Fresh I know Prince, he was big, but like this was... His music career and Fresh Prince. Yeah, but I mean, this was on. his big adult acting was sure. here. And then he went to Independence Day and... Men in Black. Men in Black. Yeah, like he became huge. And like it's not hold a surprise. On. In the 90s, I mean, working with Michael Bay, Roland Emmerich, yeah. Barry Levinson. Are those all uh, Bruckheimer people? I don't know, but this is this is certainly uh, a Bruckheimer production, and yeah. it feels like it, baby. A Bruckheimer era. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something we liked about the movie is that um, often when me and Charles are together off mic, mm. and we are opining about our love of cinema, something I am want to say, I want to remark to Charles and others in my life, is that I like action movies with a sense of place. Yeah, I like the thing. I like Die Hard. I like The Seven Samurai. I like movies where by the end of the movie, we we know all the stakes of the physical relationships of where things are happening. Mm. It makes it, it it heightens the tension. It builds up the thrills. You know, John Woo in Hard Boiled in in the hospital. All these like tightly wound sequences where every step matters. That is thrilling action. And if that is one end of the spectrum, this movie is about as psychotic visually. Yeah. As possible, in that every action scene is a befuddling series of cuts where it is. It, it, there's absolutely no relationship between anything visually happening at any given time during any of the action sequences. Yeah, it's a, it's it's editorially a nightmare. But I think that might be good. It might be good. I haven't decided, but I think it might be good. I think he might be realizing that if you eliminate space, see, this is this is our theory. We just came out of the Turtle Verse, which he's he was involved in. And CGI, I think, is what really killed his vision. Because when he was grounded and actually using cameras, setting shots, making place, it still was in a place. So as befuddled as the editing got, there was still some grounding in the fact that it was real. Because what you just pointed out is really important. This movie, its depiction of Miami, for all the like fucking wild helicopter swirl shots and Mm -hmm. all of the like chopping around right and left... We get such a sense of Miami. There's like all these cool blues and like rich, you know, sunset pinks and, and oranges. And they go to the Club Hell, which is this fucking awesome 90s club. And like even in the, in the climactic sequence in the in the skeletal airplane hangar, we really get a sense of like what the environment is like enough that even chopping around like a fucking lunatic, we don't need that. We don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't require that. It's not the end of RoboCop, for example. Right. Which I think is is a brilliantly plotted action sequence. Yeah, it's amazing. Or, or you know, there's a lot of examples of this, and this yeah. flouts all of that. Just right. to be this fucking flurry of increasingly wild images. So I, I think that's why Michael Bay became something, uh, because he. So my point was that CGI was basically removed all limits, and just allowed him to do this to the extreme. Where at that point you just are so unfocused as an like sitting in the audience. I don't know what's going on. It's not that I don't know where we are. I don't know what is actually happening. Where like in his earlier career, it was crazy. Like to watch a scene where you're so confused by what is actually happening, but so just entranced by what is before you're like, wow, this is visual storytelling. Yeah. I don't actually need that. I realize I just need to see Will Smith every once in a while. See a guy get blown up flying around on fire. Like it's just, it's it's all it is. He just like removed. It's sort of like the way Jean Luc Godard say, changed the face of cinema because he needed to make his film shorter, and rather like breathless. And rather than cut scenes, he cut moments. He cut film, and it like just he created jump cutting, right? So like th- these are like ideas that he is doing something very strange that to him seems normal, but it's like really changes the way you watch movies. And then in this movie with Bay, it's like he understands the, the the power of this movie. The power is in these p- pivotal grounding relationships between his stars that just are Tealioni. Okay, this is what I want to get to. In this movie, something we fucking could not get over. Everyone is playing a game. Everyone has a motivation. Everyone has something to do. There's cogs spinning at every level of this. So... 
it's weird that no, it, it, like the release of the action movies feels ex- of the action sequences feels ecstatic because everyone else, Joe Pantoliano, he's the angry mm. cop, he's the angry captain, so he's good. dealing with this piece of shit from from internal investigative affairs, he's trying to shut him down, he's trying to sh- smoke cigars and shoot baskets, <laughs> and you know the the rival detective duo out front, they're arguing about who's better in I Love Lucy, Desi Arnaz or Lucille Ball, and we just see like everyone is doing something. Yeah, it's sort of like a Quentin Tarantino movie, but not as good. Because, because well, in a way, because the 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 pace is so brisk. Yeah. In a way where it's like, it feels like it would seem cheaper if it didn't work. It yeah. works to me. So when we get to the action sequences, it's just fucking mayhem and it's thrilling. Yeah. So the, the tension and release of like, everyone has a motivation. Everyone's grinding out their own little story arc uh-huh. into f- total chaos. Like, I think it, it does make those archetypal expressions of violence hit harder. Yeah. For me, the the moment that is just like the most perfect at, at defining this is when the hacker comes in at the end and like they hacks bring the in a massive con wearing fucking huge thick glasses to just come in and just fulfill one plot device. But even that character, he has a relationship like, with fucking both of them, both of them. And they both make sense. They both feel real. It's like, wow. Like it isn't that the screenwriters were good. They were okay, but like they just knew who to cast and what to do to make them feel like they were involved in this world. Right, because the the thing with like Deus Ex Machina or like MacGuffins, when things feel like a, a device, that makes you check out. Yeah, when I go, well, this is clearly just a device to get to the next thing. This is like it, this is lazy. Mm-hmm. This movie brazenly does that. Yeah, and does it All so the time. like charmingly where they're where they're like and we're gonna we have to get to this next thing. So we're gonna do this little thing. You're gonna love it. Yeah, you're gonna love it. And just you're just like, holy back. shit, I do love it. And again, we're getting, we just got through three tight 90s, the Harold and Kumar trilogy. Yeah. And this was two hours. And I was like, oh, we just, we're in this paradise of Ugh, tight 90s the again. tight 90 paradise. After like the fucking turtle verse, after goddamn Terminator verse. Yeah. A lot of bloated movies that go on and on. This was like two blissful hours that I would happily, I would rewatch yeah. that tomorrow. I yeah. genuinely loved Bad Boys. Yeah. Well, we get to watch Bad Boys too. I'm actually very excited. I have so many questions. That's eight years later. Wow. Yeah, and then... Took a, an 11-year break, or a 12-year break for three. Yeah. So many questions. Wow, who is this, Richard Linklater? Yeah. Making um, these uh, movies? This is uh, Boyhood and Bad Boys 4. Boyhood 2 and Bad Boys 4 were both made so that in 50 years, right. they'll coincide. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Will Smith's going to be dead. Martin Lawrence might be dead already. I'm not sure. I believe he's alive. Okay. By the way, Martin Lawrence is fantastic in this movie. They're both great. I think the one, I love that the message of this movie isn't that like, because in Harold and Kumar say, I know we always sort of do this, we always bring the previous verse into this verse, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Like Harold learns from Kumar, Kumar learns, God, why can't I say anything right now? There's too many R's and L's together. Harold learns from Kumar and Kumar learns from Harold. This is good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. I needed that encouragement. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, in this movie, Martin Lawrence learns from Will Smith, and Will Smith's already like, I'm the coolest dude around. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to learn from anybody. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I could get That's along great. with your wife. Why can't you get along with your wife? Yeah. I get along with all these people. Okay, I'm like, cool. This cool so many wonderful things where, like, they do, like, okay, so, you know, Mark Marcus, Martin Lawrence, is at Mike Lowry's apartment taking care of their witness, T. Leone, who's delightful in this, and he calls home after T. Leone's like, man, your partner, I gotta say, I don't think any woman wouldn't suck his dick after like half an hour being Yeah, it was a great shot too when they both like flop down on the bed. bed. She's upside down, he's upside down. Right. And so he gets stressed out. He's like, oh God, my my super slick, handsome, tall, charming partner is with my wife. I'm fucking stressed out. And he calls home and they're like literally doing the most wholesome shit in the world. They're looking at a picture book. And they pick up the phone and do the classic delightful thing where she's like, no, Mike, put it back in. If Marcus knew, he'd be furious about like, this dorky picture of yeah, Marcus. Because we all think, we know they're talking about the picture, putting it back in the picture book. And he's like, he's talking about his penis in one of her holes. Yeah. All of them. Well, not at the same time. There's no, only one of them. But you can line them up. One, bing, two, bing, three. Bing. So he, you know, in like a classic, like, you know, crossed wires, screwball comedy thing, rushes home, tries to climb up the side of his house, falls into the trash can. One of the best scenes. It's delightful. Uh, and, of course, their partners are, their, their, their other detectives just w- are, are watching them 
It, it's, a, it's a whole great multiple it's layers. It's a great, of, yeah, it's a really great well scene. Done. Sorry, I was distracted trying to think of fuck, marry, kill, mouth, asshole, vagina. Oh, please, let's not do that. You don't want to do that? Nope. Yeah. Let's never talk about that again. Why? Snip, snip. Snip, snip. Snip, snip. What? Trim it, Mr. Editor. Trim it. All right. Okay. I don't think it's that bad. So Martin Lawrence and Will Smith get into a fight on the lawn of Martin Lawrence's house. And and he's just like, you're fucking my wife. He's like, I'm not fucking your wife. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like, I'm your fucking friend. I've been your like, friend forever. He's like, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. And they just like make up and go on. And that's the whole thing. And the culmination of that whole bit is they're just really good friends who talk it out and it's nice. And that's like the whole point of that scene is plot wise that they arrest two goons. But most of the, is the plot is around about them like confronting their friendship. Right. And Martin Lawrence having what's it? it's Marcus and And Mike Lowry. Mike. Mike Mar- Marcus and Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, Marcus having to con- confront his insecurities. Right. that's the thing is like, Will Smith doesn't have to learn anything because he's the cool guy. But he's, he's the rich kid proving himself in the working class environment of the Miami Police Department. That's true, but even that is cool. Yeah, he's, he's so, so cool. cool. But like, that's the thing is... His zippered sweaters are... When we when, when we talk about our friendship later... Are, do we have to? No, I mean like in life. Oh, we can do it on the podcast. I, well, yeah. I don't uh, think we've talked about that in the past. So. Like when you... You must be full of insecurities being friends with me. Well, I mean... Because I'm so cool. You're handsome. Yeah. You're shorter than me. Not really. You have a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm suave. You have a dog. I'm chill. I, I got my life sorted out. You have a lot of shoes. Got a lot of shoes. So, like, that must give you a lot of insecurities about, like, wow, I can't yeah. be like Charles all the time. Well, I mean, as Mike Lowry says in Bad Boys, everyone wants to be like Mike. Yeah, he Alluding, of course, to famed NBA player Michael Jordan. But what he really meant was Michael Lowry. Right. And he, anyway, so he's saying, like, much like Michael Jordan in the real world, I, Mike Lowry. Is that where that came from? Everyone wants to be like Mike? Yeah, like Mike. There's a movie called Like Mike. And it's about Michael Jordan? Yes, he was the most influential human of the 90s, probably. Sorry, Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I love that chuckle. Yeah, that was a good chuckle. Friggin' Monica Lewinsky trying <laughs> to take the spotlight from Michael Jordan. Don't even think about Shut it. Shut up. Don't even think about it. Yeah, God. It's a, sh- it's a Shonda that they impeach that nice man. Yeah. A Shonda. What was he doing? Just oh. having sex. What, are you going to say you can't have premarital sex? Well, you he was married. You can't. I'm oh, sorry. Postmarital sex. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. You can have an You're affair. Gonna That's not illegal. You, you can't use what your power as the president of the United States to force someone to have sex with you, even though you a, asked them a to. A much, much, much younger woman. Yeah. Why is that a problem? Shit. Fuck off. It's these repu- these redumlicans. Right. Sorry. I, okay. I don't want to get political. Redumlicans. I don't want to get. political. That's the best you got. I don't want to get political. Please don't, because that sucked. You know, they say that they're the the donkey party. I say they're the ass party. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. Well, it's, I think it's more but of a you say the asp? Like the snake? Yeah. They say that they're the, the, the noble donkey. I say nay. They're the villainous <laughs> viper. Do you say nay like the a asp. donkey would? No. Oh, don't. <sighs> you say nay. You know, I think, honestly, I don't want to get personal. I think you're having a laugh. Yeah, a little bit. I think you're having a laugh. A and this bit. is a podcast, and I think we should probably maybe stay on target here. And maybe not have a laugh so fucking much. Just be more serious? Be a little more serious. Be like Mike. Be okay. suave. Be cool. Be chill. Yeah. Look, am okay. Just go back to what you're saying. Yeah, am I, I would marry Am I insecure mouth. about you? Oh, sorry. I'd kill that asshole. You know what I'm talking about? Kill it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. one. Good one. Like good murder, one. That's great. Dead. Um, yes, I'm insecure to be your friend. We've covered that. Bill Clinton was innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, look, a lot of people knew Jeffrey Epstein. They did. A lot of people did. Everyone did. It was the '90s, baby. I did. Okay. Do you think Will Smith? Had? Oh, please. Oh, God. I have my list of celebrities. I just pray to you know Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Will Smith is one of them. He's a fucking American treasure. He's a, a treasure. He's, He's a treasure. This He's... movie just underscores how fucking... Again, he is not as forward in this movie as you would think. This really is about Martin Lawrence's struggle to have sex with his wife and yeah. respect himself. Yeah. Yeah, it is. He's got... he, it's his arc that goes the farthest. His, I think I would say his is the only arc. Yeah, well, it's the only, only like, you know, her friend dies and she, like... Mm, has yeah. to go through this process of feeling safe again by seeing the perpetrators of that horrible crime. That's true. There is, task. again, to coming off the HK verse, there's that scene where she's like, well, I saw your fucking shrine to Will Smith and I thought you might be gay. And they actually navigate that in a surprisingly tolerant manner. So weird. Because it's like, she's like, no, I didn't mean to offend you because that's not a thing. And he's like, oh, no, no, I, my dick works. I fucked this couch. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, this is the this is not a movie that's, 
going along with that joke. This is a movie. The joke that he's a fucking insecure joke. little yeah, dingus. That he, he would get yeah. offended when someone would think he's gay. Right. So the, the the joke is clearly placed on his shoulders, which is nice. Yeah. They could have played that very differently and yeah. very easily at that time. It's very surprising. Yeah. Though I guess he didn't write it. And I think that's really what he was newish director. This was one of his early movies, right? Uh, off the top of my head? Yeah, that sounds right. Let's go with yeah. it. Yeah, cool. Let's go with it. We don't want to do any research. Uh, That's the first of the year, baby. Well, I mean, we did it last time. Shit. But you did it wrong. So this is technically the first of the year. Oh, yeah. that was the J.J. Abrams pixie dust. Right, which turned into a... Whoosh. So if we ever need the pixie, ducks, yeah. pixie dust noise. Pixie ducks? Look, I've heard of a manic pixie dream girl, but a manic <laughs> pixie <laughs> dream duck? Yeah, that's more of a... <laughs> the shins. <laughs> yeah, the, the shins. shins. People will still listen You've to the shins. you never heard the shins, they'll change your life. I don't think so. Ooh. When are we doing uh, uh, the films of Zach Garden Braff? State? <laughs> They're not a franchise. We're never going to do them. Well, the whole thing is that he's getting older is hard when you're Zach Braff. Yeah. Wow! Didn't he? He fucking used Kickstarter to make a movie or something. What a pathetic twerp! Uh, he's a dipshit. Yeah. Are, are we both googling Michael Bay right now on our phones? Go for it. Okay, you do I'll, it. I'll take because you spent a solid five minutes earlier anxiously on your phone. Yeah. So I think I'll now. Thank you. Yeah. So he's fifty-four. Good for him. <laughs> he made it. Good for him. Um. Yeah. So he, he did Pearl Harbor. Yes. I saw that. I saw that. In the, I was in the front row of the cinema. Yeah. Neck up for three hours for that piece of shit. <laughs> Neck up. Neck up. Uh, um, yeah, so he, he, this is, I don't think he was given as much control. Like, this was one of his early stuff. Bad Boys, you know, it's, I think, I think as we said earlier with CGI, the less, the more limitations you put on Bay, the better the movie's going to be. Yeah. Because he did Armageddon, right? Okay, his one, two, three is pretty crazy. It's Bad Boys, The Rock, and Armageddon. And yeah. just if you're tracking budgets, which is fascinating with Michael Bay. I know you love to do this. Okay. I love it when you do it. Bad boys. And I love you when you love me. Loving you, loving me. When will it end? The podcast. The movie. The ride. Um, bad boys. 1995. $19 million budget. $19 million. Wow. It makes hundred over 140. Million. I feel like that much ether had to cost a little bit more. Well, as we learned in the movie, ether... Explodes. Wait, do you think that was just empty barrels? In the movie uh, Bad Boys, they spent $19 million to make $140 million. Holy okay. shit. Huge hit. That's a hit. Right. Is okay. that the biggest hit we got so far? I don't know, but it's I, that's a huge hit. We covered Shrek. Are you kidding me? Shrek oh, yeah. 2 made a billion dollars. Yeah, think about that. Probably okay, 20. one year later, The Rock comes out. A budget of $75 million. Wow, huge increase. The, the box office... $335 million Wow! for The Rock. Sean Connery. Is it? And uh, who's the other guy? Who cares? Is it Costner? Sean Connery was huge back then. Well, I mean, hey, the best Indiana Jones is the third one. We'll, in, we'll inevitably go th- down that shit oh, route. God. That's going to suck. Okay. Um, 1998, his third movie. and his... So Bad Boys was his first movie? Yeah. Okay, great. I was right. And by the way, he is with Brockheimer for the first decade of his career. Yeah. It makes sense. Barkheimer was huge. Carries this guy that he sees a lot of yeah. potential in. Okay, so his third movie is Armageddon. The budget, $140 million. Jesus. In what Almost year? double 90... that. 98. Wow. Almost double that of The Rock. It brings home $553 million. Wow. So his first three movies are like exponentially so stupid huge. It's, yeah, it's really crazy to chart that. And then he did Pearl Harbor next. Pearl Harbor next, uh, one hundred forty million dollar movie again. Brought in uh, four hundred fifty million. Bad boys. This is two. where it starts to get bad because I, I think Armageddon is not a good movie, but it's still fun. Well, no, things really flatten out. Things flatten out with the island in two thousand five. Probably his least known movie. The island. Yeah, that's one with Ewan McGregor. Uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor, Scarlett Johansson, Jaimon Hanso. It's based on a Philip Dick book or something. No, no, that's something else. I, yeah. wait, am I crazy? I don't think so. Go to it. See it. See it. I'm g- go to it. I'm already there, motherfucker. Go to the writing credits. <sighs> okay. Go to the writing okay, credits. We'll do that later. I can't. I can't seem oh to find God. a reference to that. Okay, it's probably not true. I'm probably thinking paycheck. Oh, the great paycheck. Paycheck is a man. <laughs> that movie is bad. I found that with my manager at the time. I bought that on DVD, being like, "Oh, a Philip Dick adaptation." Me and my friends are all hanging out this weekend. I'll buy this DVD to watch together. <laughs> no, you know, Ben Affleck as Philip K. Dick guy. That's going to okay, be so great. Things flatten out with The Island 2005. Yeah. Transformers in 2007. So that's the end. 
That's when it sucks. That's when he starts to suck. $150 million budget. Jesus Christ. $700 million. For Transformers. For Transformers. Transformers 2, $200 million budget. $836 million. Jesus Christ. Transformers 3, $195 million budget. Jesus Christ. $1.1 billion. What the fuck? These are, we got to do these, Josh. We do it. We got to do yeah. these. This is insane. That I did not realize that Transformers 3 made one point whatever billion dollars. Terminator uh, 4 made $1.1 billion as well. Wait, Terminator 4? Uh, Age of Extinction. What do you say? Oh, ter- you said Terminator. You made Oh, Terminator. sorry. I fucking wish. Yeah. I, I was wish. like, wait, that made a that made term sal term salvation term salvation. Why don't you just finish it at that a point? A cool one point one bill. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Michael Bay like pretty much started with a home run and just hit a succession of like increasingly insane. I just want to live in that for a second. Yeah. Can you imagine being Bruckheimer? I'm and- Jerry Bruckheimer. I love the movies. That's really good. So imagine that. Yes. And you see this kid out of film school who made. A short film that was like won awards, very interesting guy. And you're like, this guy's gonna be big. Can you imagine just like seeing that talent giving him twenty million dollars to make a movie and it makes a hundred and something million dollars? Wow. What a what a place to be. Is that happening now? Well, I mean, that's the thing of being a producer. Like you have to call these shots. I mean, Bruckheimer, he had done the ref. Oh, the ref. Days of Thunder, Bev Cop Two, Hills Cop Two, Top Gun, Bev Hill Cops. Flashdance. I mean, he, Bruckheimer's fucking shooting fire pretty much. He did Thief. That's yeah. a good movie. So, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. We, so, we're, we were talking earlier. We were watching this. You were thinking Bigelow, man. Um, what's his name? Tony Scott. I don't really like. The other guy I don't like. Yeah. No, who's the other guy? Oh, Brian like. De Palma. Yeah. All these people making these kind of movies. And then Michael, Mann come, Michael Bay comes in and is like, what if I just fucked around a little bit more? Cut yeah. a little bit more. Like, remember, like, I remember the whole thing when I was a kid in, like, middle school and high school. Everyone was talking about cuts. Everyone was like, why are there so many goddamn cuts in movies these days? Cut, 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 cut. I can't follow it. Okay, Boomer. Did I do Suck that? it, Boomer. Did I do that right? <laughs> yeah, Suck sorry. it, Boomer. Suck no, no, it, Boomer. You're making a good point because, like, I think a younger me would be, like, just offended at, at the way Michael Bay chooses to conduct himself in action sequences. Right. Like, okay, I watched this movie. We broke down and we're just talking over this point the car chase at the end uh, actually both car chases yeah. in this are the first incomprehensible. One, incomprehensible like it is so yeah the, the chase scene from the apartment to the like dock <laughs> who knows it's insane like there's no continuity at all well, like literally will smith is running after a car there's a car going which seems like it's happening in one universe and then in another <laughs> universe will smith is running these things coincide <laughs> and then somehow. wait yeah. martin lawrence is not running at all and suddenly catches up it, though, it, it's mesmerizing does, does the car just is it going in circles it's extremely unclear what anyone is doing at all and but you know what at great. the end of the day it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and that's but the magic of this movie like if it works, it works. And it works in this movie. This okay. is what we've been talking about a lot, is when the movie is bad, in whatever way it is, you get bogged down in the shit that doesn't make sense. We did this with like a Jaws 3, where we're like so bored by what we're doing. We're like, wait, what is this? Well, this doesn't make sense. Even though in a good movie, the same things like Jaws 4, we're like, how did... Some of you are like, how did the shark swim down to the Bahamas so fast? It's like, who fucking gives a shit? It's here. Just deal with it. So like the same problem in different movies doesn't matter because the movie is good enough that you don't care. Well, to draw an ex- a parallel between Jaws and Star Wars, will you permit me? I will. Okay. The thing about Jaws 3, if if you remember, dear listener, there's a shark in the enclosure and they're sort like, of. we killed the shark. And they're like, oh, there's a second shark. <laughs> it's bigger. And you're like, what the fuck? There's like a second... Wait, why didn't you have both of them on the same right, screen? There's, there's, like, no, there's, like, there's, like, there's a second shark. You're like, okay, new rule, second shark. Yeah. And that movie sucks so bad that you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And so with Rise of the Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. Whatever. When we think Chewie has died in the transport and then Ray's like, oh, that's second transport. You're like, wait, what the fuck? There's a se- What? No, no. It, it went, you see the transport blow up, which is a huge moment. I'm like, wow. They actually, JJ dared to kill off a main character. What an I'm uncharacteristically impressed. interesting move. Six seconds later, cut. Chewie's alive, captured. And then they're like, we're on a second tra- we're on a sh- second transport. Just to be clear, there were two transports. This is the second one. And then uh, Ray goes to his near ship and she's like, oh my God, I feel chewy. There must have been a second transport. Yeah, and and, and th- that movie sucks so bad that you're like, what the fuck? 
Wait, what? Right, Why so, did you have to tell me that three times, JJ? In a movie like Bad Boys, where like you have no idea where anything is at any given time in an action scene, in a lesser movie, that would take you out of it. Right. In this movie, the sheer bravado and like the here the cajones of it all. Right. Make it fucking delightful. Yeah, two cojones movies in a row. Yeah, and Harold and Kumar three and Bad Boys a lot of talk of cojones. We it means testicles. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you got he, Michael Bay realizes this is why I don't think he's a good he's so hard to track because on the one hand he knows that cars uh like fit men and hot ladies small skirts and you just make a lot of random cuts put it all together people will watch that right someone fires a gun someone else explodes in a in a a, will smith topless running it's like yeah that's i'll watch all that well his whole thing is like and this is like the kind of stupid fucking armchair quarterbacking that sucks but like you can get away with it until you can't yeah and he fucking runs with it his Forever. first for these movies he just charges through everything <laughs> and like later you know you're talking about like cgi being the bane of michael bay when visually it becomes literally a slurry of bad compositing yeah that's when that's it. you get lost and in, in these movies i think of there's there's a huge parallel that i think of we talked about point break earlier there's two foot chases in these two movies yeah and I think the Point Break foot chase where Keanu is oh. chasing down Swayze is one of the single finest scenes in an action movie ever. It is. It's thrilling. We see them charge through neighborhoods. They jump over fences. They go through yards. And because Catherine Bigelow is a genius, we see Patrick Swayze do it. Then we see Keanu Reeves do it. Yep. So every and bit it's of a movement. a little bit different. Right. We understand all the dynamics. So everything that's happening has a great deal of weight. Yeah. There is similarly a foot chase in Bad Boys where if you asked me to explain what happens in that foot chase... I could tell you next to nothing. Yeah. They run through a hairdresser at one point. They run through... This is the car chase scene too, right? right? It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's absolute mayhem. It doesn't there's make sense. Like, there's flashes of stuff. But it looks... So it looks good. awesome. This is, so yeah, he runs out. He bursts outside. It looks like he's in one of those Greek towns that are all white. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? With sure. the blue water. I understand. Um, and then there's like bikini women getting photographed and they cower in fear and like he's just running through random moments that Michael Bay thinks looks cool right and it's like it doesn't make any sense but right. so like in, in the Bigelow version like you know Swayze runs through a room and knocks over a bookcase okay Keanu Reeves now has to deal with that bookcase right. oh there's a dog he doesn't it's like it's all clockwork and it's like it's riveting but in this movie it's just it's just a fuck you to any sense of like the, the, the traditional development of tension is thrown out the fucking window in this movie. Yeah. So here's what I'm gonna. Here's where. Here's my big claim. Okay. It isn't maybe CGI. Mm-hmm. What we're instead dealing with is Michael Bay gets more and more involved and doesn't know how to cast and deal with actors. Mm-hmm. Because that's why, for my memory, I haven't seen The Rock and I haven't seen Armageddon in a while. But the reason why those are so good is that they have a cast that is alive. And Bad Boys, most of the movie is not crazy action. It's fucking Will Smith. And Martin Lawrence chatting. So when you, but then you change it to Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox, Megan Fox, which are, they don't have any chemistry. Megan Fox is a terrible actor. And then you just start to like devolve into Michael Bay screwing around with this shit, but not having any support. I got really cracky there for a second. It's a board. Well, I think like when actors become a hindrance to him, it's very clear. When yeah. like when that sort of thing becomes a problem, and he just wants to plug people in and roll with his crazy fucking visual ideas, it's really obvious. Yeah. Like Mark Wahlberg's performances throughout the Transformers films are stultifying. Uh-huh. Like Cade Yeager is the name of his character, which is fucking, I mean, just a mind shredder. Yeah, but like, yeah, those like you know that just there is none of that glue to hold it all together. Mm-hmm. We don't care about the people. No. It stops being about the people. And this movie is shockingly humanistic. Yeah. And Everyone, I, even the bad guys, have games that they're playing and roles that they serve and arcs to follow. And it's awesome. I can see why people think Con Air is a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Because it has that same feeling of like crazy action bullshit. But at the heart of it, it's about a bunch of people that are strange enough to feel weird and are unreal. Mm. And it's like that's what he did really well was to put together movies that have actors acting off of each other it uses action in a way to excuse like it's just an excuse it's not like a martial arts movie where you're like you're there to watch the martial arts he knows that action like 
whatever, just fucking cut a bunch of shit together. We don't care. We really just want to see Martin Lawrence and Will Smith act off each other. It feels like a requisite he has to get out of the way to get to the, the meat of the movie, which is just like the, how fun it is to watch these guys hang out. Yeah, and he realizes that's the best way to do it. Yeah. It's really smart. Michael Bay, as flawed as he is, like really did something. And it's cool to like go back and see. He was ahead of, he was definitely ahead of his time. He, he made something. For, for a movie made in the mid-90s, this movie, it, it's so fresh and fun and electric and cool. It, it's, it's pretty, it's like, a, it's, it just works. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. My friend Charles. What are you going to ask me? My podcast I co-host. I don't even, I have no idea what you're going to ask me. Me and Nico. Are you asking at this point in the Bad Boys series, the question, pray tell, whither whence will it end? No, I would never ask that question. Whither whence? Whither whence? Whither whence? Shall no. Uh, so are you asking when will it end? No, I'm so excited. Yeah, I didn't I'm, know I was going to like these movies. I'm very excited for Bad Boys 2. I think it's going to be I'm better. Jazzed. Yeah. I think it's going to take everything that was like a little... It wasn't really flabby, but I think the worst you could say about Bad Boys is that its lulls were a little too lully and didn't quite mesh with the action. And I'm thinking that Bad Boys 2 is going to keep that tight Lawrence Smith connection and just amp everything else up. I'm in for it. I cannot wait to get the fuck out of this room. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm yeah, very excited. I don't want to be in this room anymore. Yeah, we're doing a rare we're trying out we, Look, producing a podcast sucks. No. I would I, I mean, cannot I've never wait. Done if it, we ever so. made a dime, I the first thing I do is hire someone else to do all of this shit. I'll do it. If I will save money and Charles will No, I'm you still have to EP. pay me. I'm still EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if anyone gets a paycheck from this first, it's you. I'm not crazy. Thank you. Wow, that's really amazing. That's on the record. Yeah, I paid for everything so far. So let's get to the important stuff. We got a, you know, we got some time to fill here. So, uh, uh, who's wait, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, I didn't ask you. Oh yeah, go ahead. When will it end? Sorry, that's not. I'm not asking you when will it end. I'm asking. I'm asking you you, if you are asking when will will it it end. end. No, I am not, my good friend. Wait a, yeah, spread that out. A little sawdust in there. I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten at all today. It's fucked up. You do this thing where you're like, ooh, I'm in control of my body. I'm hungry. It's just an <laughs> Doing impulse. That. I'm not, I don't ooh. shake when I talk. <laughs> you're like, no, man. Yeah. Uh, you're like Chet. You're, I was going to ask if you're Marcus or Mike, but you're actually Chet. <laughs> I am honored to be associated Chet with Chet. Chet fucking rules. Chet is the Andy of Jaws 2 of this movie, where I there's would... like a magical performance buried in the film that is underheralded. Yeah. Look, I want to look at the actor's name because he plays the creepy uncle in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's fucking. Who is the the chemist, too? He was great. Kevin Corrigan. Yeah. Like my favorite character actor ever, maybe. Yeah. Kevin uh, Corrigan. Um, I'm a diehard community fan, and the best episode of Community is, in my mind, the conspiracy theories episode where uh, Kevin Corrigan plays the drama teacher of playing a conspiracy theory teacher. <laughs> and at one point, it's a joke that is so good that that does not work when I do it, but I'll do it anyways. <laughs> I was going to ask, are you going to do it for I'll us? I'll do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, where he, cool. he, he's like listing stuff, then goes, et cetera, et cetera. And Joel McHale goes, did you just mispronounce et cetera? And Kevin Corgan does like, a, does like a look on his face. That's so amazing. That joke I mean, is that, so funny. The joke me. will definitely not work on a podcast. Excetera. Just saying, so funny. Just saying excetera is not a joke. It, but that joke is so good. The way he delivers All right, everyone. It. Go pause this. Pause this. Go. What episode is it? Uh, it's in season two. I want to say it's episode six, maybe. Sure. Start there. If it's not it, just keep sort of watching episodes. Oh, my God. Saviero Guerrera as Chet. Mm. I just clicked on his name and it redirected me to Becker, the sitcom Becker. Weird. Well, that's wild. Xavier, you got to get your team. On. Yeah, I looked him up while we were watching the movie. He had a very short career, didn't turn into anything, which is sad. But he was in uh, Sneakers. Oh, he was in Willie and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. That's so, good. Wait, yeah. is he not in It's Always Sunny? Am I fucking that up? Yeah, I think you. I think you. He's on Curb. Yeah. He's on The Detour. I never saw cool. that. Cool. No, holy shit, I was wrong. That's too bad. I confused people. I'm so sorry. You know what? I'm not going to use it against you. I could. That was disrespectful of me. That's all right. I feel bad about what happened. That's, don't worry about it, man. Okay, let me find the actual guy that I was thinking of. Oh, name. my God. Well, I just misrepresented him. Not That's really. That's got to hurt. You didn't even. God, Chet slaps in this movie. Talk about Chet a little bit. So who's Chet? Tell us about Chet. Oh, God. You're testing me now? Is this a test? You millennials. This in one ear, out the other. So Chet is the doorman. At Mike Lowry's apartment building, or uh-huh. it's not really an apartment building. It's, it's a, a con- it looks like a condo. It's a condo. Maybe a co-op. I don't know. Sure. 
Uh, Chet plays the doorman, and the first scene he's in, he is strong-armed by Martin Lawrence, which shows how weak he is, because Martin Lawrence has proven himself to be a bit of a weakling himself. It was Andrew Friedman. All right, whatever. Wow, I fucked that up. Can Sorry, I stop Andrew? talking about Chet now? His brother is a colonel in the army. Did you know that? Andrew Friedman's brother is a colonel in the army? Is that trivia on IMDb? Yeah, that's the first trivia piece he got. His brother's oh, a colonel guy. in the army. Yeah, how about that? So yeah, Chet, Chet makes a a fabulous entrance as like the funny, weak doorman that everyone just sort of walks all over the entire movie. He's like, okay, Mr. Lowry, welcome to your room. Hello, hello, I'm Chet. Oh, God, the lady, don't worry about me. It's old Chet. Yeah, and I like the scene where Martin Lawrence and Will Smith show up, and he's he's been calling Marcus Michael Lowry the whole movie because mm. that's the whole joke. Like Mike. But then the actual Michael Lowry shows up. He accidentally calls him Mike Lowry, and... It's a classic conundrum. But he's basically making a joke to nobody because all three of the people that walk by don't give a shit what Chet's saying. Right. It's so great. Chet's doing a bit just for Chet. And like, I love it when like, you know, they always say one for the studios, one for me. Never heard of it. All directors say that. One One for for the the studio, one for me. Really? All of them say that? Ryan Johnson. I'll make a last Jedi, but I get to make a Knives Out for me. Do they have like in the, uh, the Library of Congress, is there a recording of every director saying that? Yeah, they all say, look, I do one for the studios, I do one for me. Yeah. Chet does one joke for the world at large and one joke jo- <laughs> one joke just for Chet. You said one showed. Joke for Chet. You one said joke, showed. One joke just for Chet. One joke for Chet. One joke for Chet. One joke for Chet. We all want one joke for Chet. One joke for Chet. One joke for Chet. Hi ho bad boys. One joke for Chet. Okay. Yeah, that's good stuff. But I like that like you know they clearly took the time to like really draw out very distinct performances from every single person yeah movie. and it's like a cornucopia of delights it is it's uh if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while i know you're gonna watch it you watched it before this because you're all amped up for bad boys three you can't wait for bad boys what's it 3? called bad boys forever i think forever let me look it up i don't think it's called bad boys forever bad boys forever i think it's called bad boys mm, i don't know i was gonna try to I don't know. Bad Boys for Life. For Life. That's it. I thought I was going to say Life. Bad Life. Wow. Bad Boys, Bad Life. It's coming out so soon. So this was when there's that show Cops. Sure, sure, sure. And that was around this time. Right. And they had the same theme song. What you gonna do? What so you it's gonna like do? weird that... What you gonna do when they come for you? So quiet. I can't even see it. What you gonna do? Oh, what you gonna do when they come for you? I see it now. Yeah. Uh... It's weird that like that was a part of everything's changed, Josh. Well, the, in the my movie, life, I feel so old right now. Like to look back at television from the '90s, movies from the '90s, everything's so fucking different. Oh. I didn't know that was ska. It's not. It's more. It's reggae. Yeah. Hold on. This is <laughs> this is uploaded to YouTube by Blood Gamers uh, for my uncle Jason, a cop for Boonville Police Department. This became the cop song. Well, this already was the cop song. But I mean, like, it's weird that this song called Bad Boys. Where is it called? Bad Boys. Well, the, I think the, the song is weird because like uh, it's like it's not about cops at all. And no, like, it is about the song itself. Is it? Yeah. But I'm saying you're right because like the song's about like it's about bad people coming for you. And the cops and like, then the cops are like mad. Yeah, that's crazy. Like that bad they... in a cool way. Cool no, bad. They're just bad in a bad way. It's but true. back in the nineties, no one gave a shit. Fascist propaganda. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. At the heart of these movies, is it gonna be more fascist propaganda? Has it ever been? Well, I mean there are shitty cops who beat people up and hold guns to people's heads and, and behave like outside of the law just because they're the right guys doing the right thing. But really, what makes this movie interesting, and again, I think they're not that noble they're just trying to cover their asses because they fucked up right that's the cool part it's like the cool part is like they're not they're not really virtuous like paragons like it's not rambo or punisher bullshit they're not doing shit because it's like you know it's the dirty work they're not fucking rorschach they're just like we're fucking dummies trying to like work and preserve our jobs and not get fired joey pants is your boss he's like we're gonna gonna get fired because we fucked up go fix this yeah so they are fucking shitty dumbasses yeah it's pretty good it's cool it makes fun of cops uh, but it also does make them seem cool too it's sort of complicated i hate cops so i was i don't know what to feel wow i hope they all quit maybe they'll quit the force in bad boys too yeah maybe they're like vigilantes at the law yeah maybe they're gonna get fired after their work because 
they blatantly blew shit up. Well, I do like that, you know, in many loose cannon cop stories, the captain is the guy who's like, one more stunt like that and it's your badge in my desk. Right. In this movie, Joey Pants is like, more do, stunts, do please. more shit. Yeah. Go stunt the fuck up. Which is weird because like at the end, they made this huge deal about him not killing the bad guy. Yeah. And there's like a running thing about him being a loose cannon. But and like, most think about people they've killed. But like you never dark. actually see any of that in the movie. Yeah. I found it very hard to believe. Well, I mean, like, but Mike is very cold-blooded around the dead body they find early in the film, and Marcus is about to puke. Yeah, which is a nice little gag. Nice little gag. He's yeah. gagging. That's the gag. Oh, it's the gag gag. The gag gag. Classic yeah. gag gag. I think that was the name of the, like, chapter in the script. The gag gag. All right, guys, cut. Scene six. Gag gag. Gag and gag. action roll. Gag gag. Sounds like Star Wars. A again. body. Why do you always act like that around the body? I don't like him. This and is good. scene, yeah, no, but in real life, it's like <laughs> they ten more minutes cast of that. Us. Yeah, yeah, we're really good. Why didn't we get in this movie? Yeah, why didn't they cast two white guys <laughs> just being cops? <laughs> I think what the world needs is more movies about white cops just having fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what I think. They really missed an opportunity. Yeah, there. just two white cops palling around. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll dream about that. We sure do. We're gonna go get some burgers. I we think. Are, yeah, it's a vegan burgers. Um, I, 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 I've had enough meat this weekend. I will join you in a vegan burger. Great. Oh, I was looking up a uh, last story. Okay. So close out the podcast, Please. guys. So I'm so fucking hungry. Uh, I was looking up. I wanted to know who the the tall hacker actor was. Yeah. And I went to his Wikipedia page. It showed me he's, a, he's an NBA player. He acted in these movies. And then the first little subtitles thing sections, vegan activism. <gasps> that that man. Well, okay, also Tia Leone. All right, she's vegetarian. Is vegetarian. And she makes fun of him for eating bologna. She she talks about how there's like pig rectum in his bologna. And uh, it ruins poor Marcus's sandwich, which I thought looked good. Yeah, you did. I was like, I'll buy that sandwich. You did say that. He's like, Marcus, make one for me. Marcus offered her a bite, and Josh, like, went up and licked the TV screen. I licked the TV, and it's my screen. It is. There was smudges for the rest of the movie. It was really Uh, distracting. And the the existing smudges. I I just watched uh, Chef. Oh, so you've been so licking. I was licking. I was like, mmm. You were just licking John James. John Favreau's cooking up a delicious sandwich. Wait, I thought it was James Gandolfini. He's maybe in Chef, but John Favreau's uh, Chef Casper in it. No, he's not in it. I definitely just confused them. Yeah, they're just two large men. They're two large Italian yeah. men. James Gandolfini, uh, he could have been in Star Wars. What did he play Job of the Hutt's <laughs> little brother? <laughs> no. Hey, it's me. I'm motherfucking the job. Hey, hey, you fucking... give me the money. Hey, I'm making got... you a pizza. Space of pizza. This is insensitive towards Italians. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, they got me. Bad boys. Bad boys. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? They got me.